0: Welcome to The Thriving Advisor Show. I'm Ike Ikoku and together with Nina Venturella, we are co-founders of the Air Institute and the Seven Figure Mentor Program. We help executives create successful transitions out of corporate life without jeopardizing their current employment and without risk to their family, finances, or future. We launch business consulting practices for our clients and use that as a vehicle to establish their personal brand, their thought leadership, and to monetize their purpose, passion, wisdom, expertise, and experience. This helps them address the problem of how to design a successful transition out of corporate life and into doing something adventurous and fulfilling that allows them to have the kind of impact, influence, and income they desire in this next chapter of their life. We believe that executives who have been thriving in the boardroom with their responsibilities to their current employer can also thrive outside of the boardroom in their post-corporate life. We know that you have relevant experience, expertise, as well as a unique message and or a passion project that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspirational podcasts on the planet in the next 15 to 20 minutes. All right, well, let's get into today's show. Hey,
1: hey, hey, welcome to another episode of the Thriving Advisors podcast. I have with me a, a very distinguished guest today. This guy's got accolades that are out of this world. Uh, if you love technology and how it integrates with business, you're going to love our guest today, Matt Dumo. Matt, welcome to the show.
2: Hey, thank you, Ike. I'm excited to be here. Appreciate the
1: invite. Yeah, love, love, love having you, man. Um, so I'm just gonna start off with just kind of give you uh, an opportunity to tell us a little bit about your company and what you what you do at a high level.
2: Yeah, sure. So I lead a technology consulting company called Fifth Vantage, and we help B two B software companies rationalize all the complexity they're facing uh, to help them transform that into strategy, technology strategy software architecture to achieve that strategy and work with their team to develop execution plans uh, to create sustainable double-digit growth. Mm -hmm. So we work with companies to help them migrate to the cloud, leverage cloud effectively, uh, analyze new technologies that they may want to incorporate in their software Mm -hmm. to working with their engineering organizations to help them optimize for the new digital world we're all living in, uh, and as well as help like private equity and venture capital firms with pre-investment decisions. So that's it in a nutshell.
1: (laughs) That's a pretty big nutshell right there, man.
2: (laughs) Yeah, thank you. It it is what it is and I enjoy doing it.
1: Sure. Uh, So you've been recognized as one of the top nine most exciting entrepreneurs about USA Today. That's a pretty weighty recognition. Tell us one, what goes into that uh, and two, what you were able to bring to the industry to help you earn that recognition.
2: Hey, thank you for that. So um, actually it started with June of last year. I actually won a different award as one of the top 50 technology leaders in the world Mm -hmm. um, based on things I'd done at Microsoft and Amazon and other places. After that, I was approached by several different opportunities and one of which was associated with USA Today. And so went through a vetting process, talked about all the different things I've done and what I'm doing with my company. And uh, I was ultimately selected. And so since then I've been working, um, working to share information about technology vision and strategy and working with the entrepreneurial spirit of how to create your own company and all the trials and tribulations you go through. Cause there's many. Yeah. And, uh, and uh, the focus you need to do. So you know that's all that went into it and you know, like uh, I'm a humble guy so I was really honored uh to to get that opportunity
1: sure sure and you know one of the hallmarks of our show is we love chronicling the that transition between what you're accustomed to what you're comfortable with your baby so to speak uh versus this brave new world of launching out and doing something creative, something that you have full autonomy over that gives you the, you know, the greatest opportunity to give creative expression to how you feel like you can make an impact. That's something you've done. So I'd love for you to kind of share, uh, share with us maybe what was the trigger for you to want to make that shift and move it to something new.
2: Sure. Okay. Um, it's, it was a bit of a journey so throughout my career one of the things i enjoyed uh was helping people achieve their goals build brand new things etc um all along i had planned on trying to do something like this mm-hmm. i wasn't sure what form it was going to take how i was going to get there the mm-hmm. things i needed to do so i started building up competencies uh while i was employed like I worked hand in hand, even though as a lead technologist, working with sales teams to understand contracting and how to position with customers, uh, working with building your elevator pitch, uh, to doing some consulting work with earlier stage companies and even a private equity firm to assess a company. Mm-hmm. Um, what triggered me, my company was acquired that I was working for with Verizon. And um, throughout that work to make the transition and things of that nature work really well. It was successful. Nothing was particularly wrong or anything, but I started to want more (laughs) and I started to want to have a mission that I was excited about and also uh, combined it with the period of giving, you know, I wanted to help others and give back to the community And then personally, uh, I wanted to spend more time with my kids. Uh, My kids are teenagers. As we all know, they don't come with owner's manuals. Uh, And uh, they have some challenges uh, and uh, wanted to spend time with them. And uh, I also have vacation property. And I wanted to be able to take the time to go take a vacation when I wanted. Mm -hmm. And and so uh I went through this stage of do I do one more run somewhere else or do I just throw down and get it on. Yeah. And uh I chose the latter and I wouldn't look back. It's been fantastic.
1: That's awesome. Talk to us all about you know that it's not always a linear decision, right, to, to make that leap of faith and then cross over the bridge, so to speak. Uh, what were some of the fears, concerns, worries, apprehensions, things that were kind of pulling you back to that place of security and safety? Like, Matt, you don't want to do that. I mean, you're comfortable, you know, 30 years in corporate, having done some of the things you are done. What was that dialogue like? And how were you able to overcome that, too?
2: Yeah, okay. So, uh no, that's a fantastic question. So, like one of them is do I want to keep going and go to another brand name and go do something and I was offered those opportunities. And I came I kept coming back to you know what what I really truly wanted to do once I got to whatever comfort zone I was going to go do to do it and sure. uh you know some of the fears are look you know you're used to as an executive uh, to control a bit of your destiny, mm-hmm. uh, understanding, and you're in your comfort level and your zone on executing. And you come up with vision and strategy, and and uh, in my world, technical excellence. And so, you know, some of the things that go through your head is, "Look, can I do this? It's completely different. Like I don't have control of the situation, right? I've got to." go out and get myself out there. And I've got to build clients and, you know, they move on their time and they make their decisions. And so I kept coming back to, you know, uh, how do I do that? And candidly stay patient. Right. Um, another is putting yourself out there with marketing, right. I'm not a marketer. I'm a technologist. (laughs) Right. So, You know, it's not about pixels on a screen or code. It's about, you know, what benefits can you provide to your customer, help them succeed and make their professional lives better. Yeah. And so figuring out that pitch and how to do all that. And it's a lot of trial and error. Candidly, I wouldn't say I'm perfect at it. In fact, we can talk about imperfect action. I have plenty of stories. Um, but focusing on that imperfect action and know that you just got to keep moving forward and, and things of that nature and, uh, and just keep going.
1: Yeah, no, well said. I think one of the biggest reality shockers for a lot of people who make that transition, who are good, technically proficient in what they do. And through a myriad of different, uh, issues and decision points, they realize, you know what, I'm, I'm. Tired of being kind of limited in the role that I'm in, and I want to I want to do this outside of the confines of what I'm used to. They forget that they are first an independent marketer of whatever that product, service, or solution that they're yep. bringing to the market. And sign with that is, you're not in the technology business. You're really in the belief changing business, right? Because mm-hmm. your job is to shift people's beliefs about how they perceive technology whether it's a cost center, whether it's a revenue center, whether it's a profit center for them and how they can leverage that to accomplish a lot of the other goals that they have. So let's let's actually pivot and talk about that a little bit. How do you help your customers uh, shift their beliefs around technology? Because far too many people just kind of look at that as sort of a cost as something that they have to do as opposed to something that they want to do because of all of these benefits that it will bring to them.
2: Okay, sure. Well, first I was pretty targeted on my the customer base. My ideal client's a B2B software company. And so technology is what they do. Mm -hmm. Uh second, I work with companies that are about to grow and they need some refinement to to help them go. Or they're in hyper growth and they're like, Look, I, I need some help figuring out which balls I need to keep in the air and which balls can I drop. Don't want to make a mistake because those are painful. And so, you know, they tap you on the shoulder as an outside advisor and say, look, can I bounce these ideas off you? Like, Help me understand some of the things that I need to do to execute really well, uh, architect so that I grow efficiently and provide a great experience to my customers to um, help me build my skill set you know, as you get into it, you know, my goal of doing this is, Hey, I just want to help people. You know, I've learned what to do and equally, if not more importantly, what not to do. Yeah. And so like really getting engaged and you, uh, really help them to say, Hey, look, I'm, I'm, I'm on your shoulder. I'm here to help you. I'm here to work with you to figure out what you need to do to achieve your goals. Mm -hmm. And so, and then how you present the changes you want to make to your board, to your customers and show how those benefit, not only the customer, but help you build a winning strategy. And so from an advisory perspective, that's really what I focus on.
1: That's awesome. You know, oftentimes I feel like when people make that transition, there are a lot of skill sets that they had in their prior role that suit well and that translate over into what they're going to be doing next as an entrepreneur. But there's always a gap. There's always a gap of new skill sets to be acquired. How did that show up in your world and how did you go about acquiring that to bridge that gap?
2: Uh, That's, that's another fantastic question. So, um, so my my kind of strengths are strategy, technology, vision, um, futurism, trying to think about the future. Mm-hmm. I built several products uh, at Microsoft and Amazon that were the first either in the company or even in the world to do what they did. Mm-hmm. And so entrepreneur-wise, I'm very comfortable doing trial and error until you get something to work. So now let's talk about the gaps. One of which we hit, which is the marketing, you know like how do you pitch this in a way that people see value and not look at you like you're just boviating about what you did, right? Like how do you get how do you get it, your pitch down? Yeah. So you know that was a gap. Uh, and so I went to a networking group and a masterminding group and really worked with peers and mentors that were in different industries, not technology. And so, worked on pitching, building the pitch for my business, and networking with them. And of course, in return, I helped introduce them to people. So it wasn't just a transactional relationship.
1: Sure.
2: Um, another is I leveraged mentors. Like I have a couple mentors, and they're not in technology, uh-huh. and I I respect them. I enjoy their company, and they've been immensely valuable. And helping me see the things, you know, you get caught in that coal face of trying to do stuff. Yeah. And and they challenge you. And uh and it it's been really helpful.
1: awesome. Yeah, I don't know where I would be um, if not for some of the mentors and coaches, both those that have paid a lot of good money <laughs> to sit underneath their feet and those whose books and other resources they've made available uh, you know, to the public at large. So I, I can't. I can't speak enough about the importance of having mentors uh, around you. What is um, what is the one thing in the industry that you serve that maybe bugs you? So part of my background includes the financial services industry. I've written a couple of books that by and large have kind of debunked a lot of myths in our industry. Uh, most people know it takes you know 30 years to kind of hit financial independence. Well, we have resources and tools and solutions within what we do that can shrink that down to like two to five years. That's kind of unheard of, right? That's you know definitely debunking a myth. There's a long laundry list of others. Uh, in your industry, what are some of those myths that you've had to maybe as part of your branding kind of debunk uh, to set yourself apart in the marketplace?
2: Sure. Okay. So uh, in the technology world, a lot of it is comes, it's one of the things that bugs me is the spin, right? This next big thing is going to solve world hunger is going to, is going to change your life, etc. And people get caught up in that uh, without taking, taking a step back and say, Hey, is this the right thing for me? It's okay if big brand did this mm-hmm. and show they're successful, but how does that work for me? Like, will it work for me? And so some people get caught up in, the, in those things and don't take the time to test it for themselves. So that's kind of, a, that's kind of one thing and a thing I help my clients with is, is map that process out. Um, another process is the overly aggressive winner-take-all, dog-eat-dog world of technical dominance. And so, you know, you're trained as an executive. You know, you're you're you have to hit your goals. The board expects growth. You got to deliver these things on time. And so, that's all pressures we all face. But the other part is, how do you build community around your doing, what you're yeah. doing? How does it improve your customers' lives? Like what makes what you do better for them? And how do you do it in a way that they're like really happy to work with you? You know, a lot of co- technology companies put up this veneer and it's hard to talk to them, you know, and, um, and so that actually drives me crazy because uh, I, I don't think it, it, it is helpful. And, you know, like I said, I keep coming back to, I want to help people. And so, you know, I think technology companies can do a better job, not only with their customers, but their employees
1: too. Sure. No doubt. I I fully agree with you on that. Um, I was thinking about this. You, most people in your space tend to kind of leverage existing solutions, but you've actually created, um, pioneered. I guess for lack of a better word, some new technology solutions back with Microsoft and some of the other big names that you mentioned early on. Is that still a part of what you do today? Are you still in that creative space of, of ingenuity and coming up with new technology solutions? Or do you find yourself just leveraging existing solutions in the marketplace to serve your clients?
2: A little bit of both. Really? Candidly, okay. it's it's based on my customer needs. Uh, for example, I worked with a private company. They're in the cyberspace. And they provide uh, software to other companies and governments. And uh, they, I knew nothing about, not that much about building cyber software. So, uh, you know, they wanted to take their on-premise products and tra- and transform them into SaaS. You know, software as a service, because that's the digital world we live in. Yeah,
1: that's a space to be in.
2: And so, got I was brought in to come as an advisory role. And worked up and down with all levels of their organization, the technology leaders, their engineers. I did it. And so helped do advanced technology assessment to help them pick some of the technologies they use. I helped advise them on how to architect for it. And along the way, I learned some new things, right? Like some of the machine learning things, I'm just in awe about what they do. Well, I had to get really in-depth in that. so. Um, so that's one angle. Um, another angle is really helping people transform what they have, like in SaaS or cloud computing, it's about performance and people expect like utility level availability. Like when it goes down, you're impacting people. And so people see the UI, but the magic happens below what you can't see. And so really helping organizations get in there and figure out like what makes me lean, mean, and always on.
1: Mm-hmm. And
2: those are some of the least glorified things in an engineering organization, but they're so critical.
1: Well said. Well said. You've seen a lot with uh, your time in private and then now with the work that you're doing uh, in your own company, you've probably noticed a lot of errors where clients maybe waste a lot of time and money. I was wondering if you were to write a book tomorrow, what would you write about? What would the title of the book be? And what would readers, um, what would readers get out of it?
2: Ah, that's fantastic. Well, one, you hit the nail on the head cause I actually am writing a book. Cool. Uh, so, um, I'm writing a book about the top, the top, uh, technology trends in cloud computing that are going to, I'm still working on a title, obviously sure. but, uh, so the top cloud computing trends, they're going to shape the industry for the next few years. Cool. And so, like I said, back to the, what, what do I rationalize, uh, for use in my world, my company, my software from all the things that keep coming up innovation so fast, like mm-hmm. what are the ones that matter? How do I translate that into something that's useful for me? What are the use cases for the business people too? So they can understand why you'd want to do it Mm -hmm. um, and why you'd want to use it and the impact to the business. Um, I also, like you talked about building the brand, I was honored to be picked up by Newsweek. um, And I write about technology, strategy, and vision and things that are shaping the industry there. So I contribute more frequently than my book, um, based on articles, you know, once a month I write an article. So, you know, and that's also my way of giving back, you know, if, if, if I can help people realize what they want to do, like that's super rewarding to me. So, um, you know, that's, those are some of the things I'm doing
1: yeah that's fascinating. you know you you talked about something that's really crucially important in the whole branding space for new entrepreneurs. So let's talk about earned media, paid media, how you got some of the exposure that you got, and maybe what advice or tidbits you could give to you know somebody who's new and recognizing I need to get my voice out there and then become that thought leader in the niche that I'm carving out for myself.
2: Okay, yeah, that that's fine. I've had experience with both. So, uh, and I, it's a great question because no one told me. Um, I kind of blocked and tackled my way into this. Gotcha. Um, you know, first, uh, put yourself out there. You know, whether it's a blog or you're posting on LinkedIn or you're looping in. Um, you know, put some things out there that add value to others. Whether you understand a topic really deeply and you've leveraged it, and how you, how someone else can apply what you've learned and put some content out there, and keep trying till you build a following around it, right? So, like I said, uh, there's the thing of imperfect action.
1: Yeah,
2: you know, as an executive, you're trained, hey, my presentation's got to be perfect, or the board or whoever's not going to go. It doesn't work that way on the internet. There's billions of people. Right. Sure. So so, you know, take the time to to write these things and learn and build what's engagement. So that's one. And why do I say that? It builds your visibility. Mm-hmm. And so once you start building your visibility, then people start coming to you. Um, and so that, that's what happened with me. I started writing and then I won the awards that you brought up, which I'm still in awe of yeah. and humbled about. And then, um, like I said, Newsweek approached me to join their expert forum, and so um, that they interviewed me and things of that nature to pick to pick joining on. Mm-hmm. Um, I've had paid media opportunities come up, uh, and so um, some of which I'd never heard of. Right, so you have to be careful, right? And so, some when you're going to be the top ten list of something, and they've never talked to you before, you know, you got to be careful about those. You're honored, but does it really help? Um, the second thing with paid media opportunities is you want to value the ROI. It's it's not really about hey, I'm in the press, I've got all these lights and blah blah blah. Not can you add value to people and does it help? raise visibility of you and your brand yeah, and then tack back to, you know, is it worth spending the dollars to do that? So I hope I answered your question.
1: No, you did brilliant answer. Thank you. Um, I'm going to take you back to your 18 year old self. And with all the wisdom, the knowledge that you've acquired over the years, if you were to look back and you were to distill a major theme that you felt like would, significantly impact your 18 year old self what would be what you'd want to share with them
2: ha that's an awesome question let me think about that for a second yeah um i i think what i would tell them to be uh, tell myself is is twofold uh be adventurous but not too crazy so uh you know it's okay to go i've built Quite a few new products, and I actually wasn't scared to do that. but I also pushed the edge quite a bit. And so there's the part about you know building these things and being adventurous, but also be careful about, like I said, how you how you do it. Like you know it's not all about work. When you're doing these things, it's like you have huge pressure to get it out. get it out. you know do it. And so I would work tremendous amount of hours. Like there was times uh, there was one time I worked thirty two hours straight, and wow. so um, that you're not at peak performance at hour thirty one right? Uh-huh. But when I was older, I was like, hey, I gotta do that. So the other part is not be too adventurous, right you you have to carve out time for yourself, mm-hmm. rest, relax, sync up with the fam and and go at it the next day. so if i if I was to go back, those are the two things I'd say.
1: That's awesome. Good advice. Good advice. Uh, I'm going to give you an opportunity to speak directly to your ideal client avatar. And in about 60 seconds or so, communicate enough of what you feel like you want to communicate to let them understand that, you know, their fears, their apprehensions, their worries, the stuff that keeps them up at night as it relates to the impact of technology in helping or Hurting their ability to scale their company and get to where they want to be, um, so share that with them, and then conclude with how they can get a hold of you, get access to you, if they feel like some of what you've shared in the podcast resonates with them, and they'd like to learn more about you and the work that you do.
2: Hey, thank you for that. Op- thank you for that opportunity. Um, one, it can be done. You know, million, there's new companies created every day. There's new innovation that comes out all the time, um, and so uh, and it's okay to experiment with things. So one is don't get too caught up of I can't make a mistake. Um, you can. The second thing is it's okay to experiment and try uh, and step out of what your comfort zone is. Um, you can make yourself more comfortable by being data driven, right? analyzing things for what they are, what the potential impact is for me and what the ROI is um, in terms of doing so. Mm -hmm. Um, And also, you know, expect the unexpected. Like when it comes to new technologies, you know, I call it imperfect action again, right? You know, so not everything is clear. You can do the best you can do with the new technology or, or the problem you're having, but expect You know there'll be some bumps on the way, and your goal of leveraging an advisor is kind of help you to discover those things as quickly as you can from an outsider's perspective, and um, and really help you from an advisory perspective about what to pick, why you pick it, and its impact. So, um, you know, look, I'm into helping people, so. One, if you want to reach out on LinkedIn, I'm pretty, I go on LinkedIn quite a bit and I'm happy to work with anyone just to uh, help out how I can, or feel free to drop an email. My email address is matt.domo at fifthvantage.com. Um, I try to respond in within 24 hours. So like I said, if I can help or in any way, either this journey or your company, just go ahead and reach out.
1: Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much, Matt. You've uh, you've shared a wealth of information, and uh, I know the audience who's been listening has has certainly been very appreciative and uh, gotten a lot of value. Look forward to maybe having you come back and share more knowledge in the space that you're in. Uh, certainly, very thrilling, thrilling, and exciting what what you're up to. Um, so, thanks. Appreciate you. Ed. Appreciate you. Hey, I, thank
2: you. This is like I said, this has been great, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity, and i I'd welcome. The opportunity to come back again
1: absolutely well folks that wraps up another episode of the thriving advisors podcast hope you've gotten a lot of value from this until next time take care
0: and god bless welcome to the thriving advisor show i'm ike ikoku and together with nina Venturella, we are co-founders of the coach and air institute and the seven figure mentor program We help executives create successful transitions out of corporate life without jeopardizing their current employment and without risk to their family, finances, or future. We launch business consulting practices for our clients and use that as a vehicle to establish their personal brand, their thought leadership, and to monetize their purpose, passion, wisdom, expertise, experience. This helps them address the problem of how to design a successful transition out of corporate life and into doing something adventurous and fulfilling that allows them to have the kind of impact, influence, and income they desire in this next chapter of their life. We believe that executives who have been thriving in the boardroom with their responsibilities to their current employer can also thrive outside of the boardroom in their post-corporate life. We know that you have relevant experience, expertise, as well as a unique message and or a passion project that can positively impact the world. Stick around to the end of the show and we'll reveal how you can be our next guest on one of the fastest growing daily inspirational podcasts on the planet in the next 15 to 20 minutes. All right. Well, let's get into today.